hear this story and you'll also be gaining knowledge when you listen to it on how to do these things. I realized that like my concern was really just what people were going to think of my decision and oh my god she's crazy what is she doing she's not you know she's supposed to be pursuing a career this is when she's supposed to be finding a job and I that doesn't appeal to me that never appealed to me. Play a major role in spreading the love and the joy and uh, reducing our imprint, you know, for for future generations and for all that we share this planet with. I was embarrassed. I felt like I couldn't do it. Like I'd already failed. I had no idea what I was doing. What did I get myself into? What was I thinking? Our history of humanity really revolves around great people and that's that's all we know about and why is that it's because the insignificant people weren't important enough that somebody would take the time to document their life back to the podcast my name is Kaylin Otto and you're listening to the unruly podcast so this is the third part of the new series when the travel bug bites. So if you haven't listened to episode one and two of this, I suggest that you go back and listen to that. But if you're just joining us and are intent on listening to this podcast episode, we will be covering a lot of things and more specifically the details of how I exactly traveled across the U.S. with such a small budget back in the day. Before we start the podcast episode, I wanted to let you know about a couple new things that are up on my blog that might interest you. So one, I have about five guides up right now to national parks that we visited and more are coming. Two, I posted a blog where we talk about exactly how much money we spent on our nine-month road trip and we really break it down. So we break it down into five sections so you know how much we spent on food, how much we spent on gas, and more things like that. I feel like money is such a weird topic that people don't like to talk about, but we wrote down everything that we bought on the trip and are sharing the exact dollars with you. The third thing is I wrote a blog post that tells you how to find free overnight parking or camping. So there are different ways that you can do that and we didn't know about all these ways until we just kind of figured them out along our nine-month road trip across the U.S. and back. So all these resources are free. Go to unrulytravel.com and All you need to know is there. We have so much to cover in this podcast episode today. Thank you for coming along with us. So we are back from um, our little break. and This is probably most likely episode three of this series. Yes. um, So welcome back. Thanks for listening to number three. I hope that you made it this far. Yeah. So I think it's... Maybe before we um, continue on your your little journey through life, your story, is that what we're going to call it? Sure. Okay. I mean, what else would you call it? Yeah. I think that maybe we should, like, give a little snippet of, like, right after we uh, stopped the first, the last section of the podcast. Yeah. And I have to say, so, one was, we were really hungry, and... Mm-hmm just ready to eat but the other one was we we're going through like a weird area on the interstate and I was driving like um, while we're doing this podcast I, I am now too um, and I was just paying more attention to, to you than where I was supposed to turn I ended up turning on um, I ended up turning on the on the wrong I took a wrong turn and it took us 
way out of the way. And Probably had it on like 45 minutes. Yeah. And um, and but at the same time, I I think we were both kind of happy that I made this wrong turn because um, we came to this stop where there was a toll to, that we had to pay, you know, toll to go to the next section of the road. And there was someone in front of us, and they got out of their vehicle, and this person, they put on their little COVID masks and approached the van, we're like, what is happening here? <laughs> so, um, they couldn't speak any English. Well, they spoke a little bit of English. Yeah, it was, but it was kind of hard to understand. Yeah. And it was really nice, because you, like, kind of stepped in, and, like, could... Speak some Spanish. So Spanish, yeah. and I—you could see that they're almost like the relief because yeah. because they were clearly lost. In what state were we in? We're in Oklahoma. We're in Oklahoma. And like Podunk, Oklahoma. Yeah, middle of nowhere, and well, not middle of nowhere, I guess, but where you probably wouldn't have that there. many people that you know if they see someone who doesn't completely speak English perfectly, like people think that other people need to. Yeah. That they probably wouldn't be I very think, kind. I think it's safe to say that a lot of the places that we were in in Oklahoma were, like, a little xenophobic. Yeah, that's what the um, word that just came to my mind. Yeah. So, I mean, it seemed like just the sigh of relief that, one, like, your voice was friendly. <laughs> that when, when, yeah. And also that uh, you could, they could... Uh, you could understand each other as yeah. to what they needed. They needed. They didn't have any change, and it also seemed like they didn't have a a, a device to tell them how to get to where they yeah. needed. They needed to go to Tulsa, and we like got on our GPS and gave them directions on how to get there, and gave them some change for the um, for the toll road. And then we so we kept driving, and then we saw them again. Yeah. They were pulled over, so we pulled over again, and they needed more change because they had to go back the other way and all this stuff so it was funny because we were just talking about on that podcast episode that we were recording well one about the speaking spanish but then two we were talking about how travel is this give and take you know and i was yeah. talking about how people have done so many things for me that have been helpful and you know we're going to have to accept help in life and on the road and while traveling and then, you know, this person in front of us just showed up literally after we just got done recording. Yeah. And it was one of those situations where it was like that give and take, you know, where it's like your turn to help the traveler or this person or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm glad that we were there at the right place at the right time and not someone else. And I'm also glad that those people were like willing to just accept exactly what they needed, you know. Yeah. Because a few dollars for us and change is not a big deal but if that's what you need to get on the toll road yeah and else or else you can't get on or you're gonna have to interact with law enforcement or something like yeah. that is a big deal so and just um having clear directions as to where you're going to yeah <laughs> like, it yeah. didn't seem like like they had access to um like a navigation a gps or anything yeah um so yeah. that was good you brought that up because i almost forgot about that yeah so to get to kind of start where we left off at, it seemed like you had just um, got out of out of this bike shop with this really rude bike shop rude owner, dude. Rude, rude dude, and um, you had spent the vast majority of 
the Visa gift card that you had, I think $165 went to the bike uh, roughly or so went to the bike repair. So now you have what sounds like very little money left on there. Now we did call my mom yesterday and she thought she gave me a $300 gift certificate. And I did record a previous one where I might have said, I don't know if it's two or 300 because I can't remember. So yeah. we're not sure if it was two or 300, but regardless somewhere around there so yeah we use low amount of money a lot of it or i use a lot of it for that bike repair yeah okay and, and if you haven't listened to the last one you should definitely go back and listen to it even just the ending because we talk about how the person wouldn't let me pay with my visa gift card and then the phone rings after my mom had kind of hung up on me and it's my mom on the other line and i can hear her talking to the owner of the shop and it's funny and you know, my mom's amazing so that was a really cool cool thing and we called her last night and she's like i remember where i was like i was so mad and she remembers calling um yeah so we we were there and we were talking about how after that i got dropped off oh yeah yeah i got dropped off at that hotel i went to the bike shop and my bike was fixed so i guess we go on from there right yeah you're what happened next okay so I don't exactly remember the next town that I was after that, but I kept on biking. And it wasn't a huge bike ride after that. I can't remember clearly, but the next... I, I kept on biking, and eventually I stopped at a hostel, but it was mainly for people who were hiking the AT. Okay. So you're in Virginia? Yeah. Maybe it was um, Damascus, Virginia? Is that ring a bell? Because uh, I, I know the Appalachian Trail runs right through... Damascus. It's also where the Virginia Creeper Trail is, which yeah. is a huge biking trail. It, it must be around there because it was a place where there was a ton of AT hikers and they would pick them up at a certain place and it was pretty close to the trail. Like Aberdeen? Does that make... Is that a Rebo? No. I don't know, Bob. I'm really bad with places. Yeah. I should have literally written all the places down, but okay. I'm sure if I looked at the uh, um, Transamerica Trail map could figure it out yeah but regardless I got dropped or I didn't get dropped off I biked to this um hostel and I was really excited about it because it was a pay what you can one and I was calling all these places ahead of time to see how expensive they were if I could work and I called this hostel and I was so nervous because it was the first one I'd be staying at and I was like I'm doing this bike trip and I'm, I'm just wondering if like I could do a work exchange to stay for a night or two and they were like the guy was like huh what just just get on over here this is like you know a hiker hostel like you just do whatever you want and it was in someone's garage like an older garage garage and a barn and in the garage there was a bunch of beds and like a shower like a makeshift kitchen and then people would sleep in the barn on the hay or they would hang up a hammock in there um and i was really nervous i was feeling out of it just because of that bike crash and my head felt funny and I was still like all sore and everything and there was actually a nurse there who was hiking the AT who looked at me and was like I think that you might have a concussion so please don't bike for at least a few days and kind of like watched over me so I at least spent two or three days at that hostel um, and they didn't make you pay and I also have to say to like anyone that's listening to this is that in your write-up, because I imagine you're going to have a write-up to this podcast. Yeah. Um, I hope that you, you put the picture of 
what you look like after this <laughs> I will. after this accident because um, yeah that, that picture just tells everything your back is horrific looking torn so, up um, sorry continue yeah that's a good reminder I'll definitely put the pictures up so I remember staying there and then you know Kentucky I think was the next place but I, the one other thing I remember in Virginia was that I continued biking on after that and I remember I got to a pizza shop and I wanted to work you know work there for food but I was a vegan and of course they didn't have vegan pizza but they had a salad bar and I remember going in it was like the only restaurant around kind of in the middle of nowhere and I did the thing like hi I'm Kaylin I'm biking across the country working for food as I go like could I work for a meal today you know doing whatever you needed and the person at the counter looked at me like what like they almost looked upset and then they looked confused and then they looked intrigued and then amused like I saw their face change and they're like hold on and they like went and talked to someone came back they handed me the world's tiniest broom it was like a child's room it was like four feet tall and um it was really hot outside and they had like the black asphalt parking lot and it was like there's like trash on it and stuff and they had me sweep the parking lot with a really tiny broom and I remember being out there in the heat and I was like this is very strange like one of those moments where you're like what am I doing and I don't know how long I was out there but eventually they came out and they're like okay like thank you we, we just need that done no one really wanted to do it so I think like the employees you know kind of pushed off something they didn't want to do they just let me do it and then let me get a salad from the salad bar. Nice. Um, so I sat inside and the person that I originally talked to would like go up with the customer and then come back and sit with me and talk to me about what I was doing. Like who looked so skeptical at first. So I remember that was just really interesting how that kind of played out with like them being like looking at me like excuse me to keep coming back to my table to talk to me about everything. Um, so I remember that. And one other thing I remember about Virginia is that I had met someone in Wilmington who had hiked the AT, like, while I was preparing for my bike trip, and he moved from Wilmington to some place in Virginia during that, and I remember he actually picked me up at that parking lot, and I went to his mom's house and had dinner with his mom, and he also looked at my bag and was like you have way too much stuff and it kind of reminded me of that scene in the book and the movie wild where she's sitting with that older guy and they're like emptying out her bag and he's like looking at her like why do you have this yeah uh, we went through my bag together and I remember him like pulling out stuff like why do you have this and I think that was the point where I ditched all my razors, any makeup that I had, and like all this random stuff. So I think that was actually the beginning of me being like, I'm going to be a hairy person from now on. That um, seems to be a common trait with people that have done extensive backpacking trips or on, especially on such a long trail like the AT, they're just going to look at your at your bag and they're probably going to be obsessed with 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 minimalizing you yeah you know and, and uh trying to to reduce um it's almost like their contribution i feel like because they know what a big thing it is probably yeah totally i mean just to carry all of that that weight around um, that's not very necessary yeah yeah 
So I think after that, what I did with the remaining money that I had on that gift card, because I heard Kentucky had a lot of stray dogs um, and it wasn't very biker friendly, that I think that I got a Greyhound bus ticket. Um, and I remember first the Greyhound stopped in Knoxville for a little bit of time. I remember, I know the exact Greyhound. Yes, you know where it is? I do. Yes. And that place, um, yeah, it, I feel like it can be, it's it's not a friendly place at night. I no, it's intimidating at it all hours of the day. Even during the day, for sure. Um. Yeah, I'm interested to hear this, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Knoxville one actually wasn't... It was intimidating when I got out, you know, when I was there. But then I had time, and I actually just, like, walked a bunch. I had hours of time. Okay. And it was my first time there, and it actually wasn't... You know, it was pretty cool because there was art and stuff. Yeah. But the one thing I remember there is that I went into a coffee shop. Okay. And I asked if I could do some work just for, like... I drank coffee at that time for, like, a cup of coffee. And the person's like, I'm just going to give it to you. Yeah. And I read, there were so many interesting books there, so I sat in there and read, and then again that person was like talking to me about what I was doing. That's cool. Um, and that's really all I remember about Knoxville. But the thing was that I don't remember the exact spot that I was supposed to get off at, but then it, it went to Nashville. And I thought that the stop there was going to be like the Knoxville one, only a few hours. What it was, was that Greyhound messed up as they do a lot and my bus didn't leave till the next day. <coughs> Goddess bless you. Thank you. <laughs> um, my bus wasn't going to leave until the next day and I realized that like an hour before I got into the station and so I was messaging people and couch surfing like I'm about to be in Nashville can you please host me like I have a bike like and the, the Greyhound station kind of scared me from Knoxville. So I was like, I'm not hanging out in the Greytown station. And I was like messaging people all frantic. And this one guy answered. And um, he's like, you know what? I'm actually like starting a new job. I have more free time. I can come pick you up when I get there. And I remember we got there and the Greyhound station also scared me a bit. And then I like threw my bike and all this stuff into this random person's car. Um, and it was actually really cool. We ordered vegan pizza. And he also liked to travel a lot, but he just got a job working for a hotel. And I told him about the bike trip and how like I was really scared to bike right now because I felt traumatized from the crash, but I really wanted to go to Colorado. He's like, me too. He's like, should we drive there? And I was like, well, didn't you just start work? And he's like, well, give me a couple days to work it out. I think that maybe we could do it. So we kind of planned on taking this trip together, but I had no idea if it would actually work. Um, so after that, I don't know exactly where the bus dropped me off at, but I biked into Illinois. I remember that. And I also crossed a ferry so on my bike. Knoxville, right? Mm-hmm. To... Nashville. To Nashville. Mm-hmm. And from Nashville to... That's where the part where I can't remember okay. where exactly I went to. And then somehow you're now you're biking in Illinois. Yeah, it had to be like northern. Um, it had to be like the northern part of Tennessee into Kentucky. Now, when you're taking these buses, 
was there like a rhyme or reason to, to where how like why you were going in this direction? Well, because yeah, I was still I still wanted to get off and keep biking later, mm-hmm. but I just felt so like physically unable to do it from that crash. So you're following like this transatlantic trail. Trans America Trail, but not exactly. Yeah, I'm like biking to another part of it to give myself some time. Okay. Yeah. So I do. The last thing I remember after that was biking into Illinois and taking a ferry. Um, that was the next part that I like know solid in my mind. And something that happened in Illinois that was really fun was that I was biking and then I'd stay at churches like I did before. And I met a father-daughter team who is doing the Transamerica, and the daughter was my age, and they let me start biking with them. Like, we were sleeping on the, at the church at the same night, and I remember I started biking with them, and I think we did a couple days together, if not a few. Um, so I got to hear, like, their stories, which was really cool, and I just thought it was cool that they were doing it together at such different ages and different stages in their life. Um, and then, so the person who I met, because of all the bus wildness that threw me into a, like, panic flurry, actually met me in Illinois and, um, picked me up to go to Colorado. But when I was waiting for him, I biked into town and I pulled up and there was this little inn and I could tell that they have a pool and you know how I love water. Yes. And I had like, I think I had like maybe five hours till he got there. So I went to the little, like, it was like owned by the couple, you know, it was obviously their house that they turned into like a little inn. And I knocked on the door. Gosh, I I don't know if I could do these things now, but I knocked on the door and I did the thing like, Hey, I was like, could I do some work just to swim in your pool for a little bit? And they're like, honey, no one's here. What are you doing? And they started talking to me. And then they're like, well, if you clean out the pool, you can swim in it. Because people are coming, but we don't really want to go clean it. There's like leaves and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, so if you clean it, you can swim in it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I remember I cleaned the pool out, you know, with the long things. And then I swam in the pool by myself, which was really fun. I laid out in the sun. And then my new friend showed up to pick me up and we got to tour their little inn, which was really cute. Like everything was really vintage, like lots of antiques. I have to interject here. And I have to say that just hearing some of these stories about how you um, navigate to get, you know, try to get things without using money. Yeah. It's, It's starting to make sense as far as like traveling with you. And, and hearing some of your ideas, and I'm like, what? Like, you want to try to do what? You know? Yeah. Uh, so one of the pool thing that there's been multiple ways of you scheming to try and get into the water. Yeah. But one of them was we were in that, like, really ritzy, uppity area around, like, Pebble, I think it was in Pebble Beach, mm-hmm. uh, California. And it's just, you know protest displays of wealth everywhere and there's this one place that had a pool and it was like clearly like a really um like just wealthy golf club or something that maybe like you know people if you're in the club you can go swim in the pool and you're like i want to swim in that pool and i'm like what like we'll never be able to swim in that 
Which we we weren't able to because, but you just like clearly like walked up there and asked if we could swim in the pool. Well, I was just gonna go in, but someone yeah. was like guarding the door. Yeah, they're like guarding it um, for, I guess, from people like you. I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah. maybe one that happened one too many times. Now they have like a guard at the pool to make sure that like no one else, you know, no one's doing yeah. it. But it was just it's just funny. You know, because for me, there's so much, like, discomfort around that, and, it, and it's just so bizarre, but now it's starting to, everything's, like, my wheels are, I guess, spinning in my, I see everything. Yeah. Know, how this doesn't seem as, um, strange as to me. strange to you. Because I've been like, doing it for no, years. Me, I've, I've done this already. Like, like, I've, trust me, I've done this multiple yeah, times. This, this works, but sometimes. It does, it really does <laughs> work sometimes. That's why sometimes I, I just want to get, and if you're budget traveling, it's not just a pool. It's like you get to swim, you get to have fun, and it's like a shower. Yeah. You know, if you haven't showered in yeah. days or weeks, yeah. it's like an all-in-one package. Especially that club that we went to, because you know, if you get into the pool, that you're probably gonna have access to the locker room. Which yes. You know, it's gonna have showers. Yes. You know. See, so. you're starting to catch on, Bob. Yeah. There you go. So you know, I love a good pool. That's right. So that was like, oh, it was so blissful just getting in their pool after being hot and biking, you know? Oh, oh, that was nice. How long did you stay? Just out of curiosity, because I could see you at just... Their, oh, well, I probably, like I said, had like four or five hours till my friend came. Mm-hmm. I probably swam in there for like an hour by myself, like having fun, you know, nice. dolphin diving, yeah. pretending like I'm a mermaid, <laughs> you know, and no one bothered, no one said any, I was the only person there. Yeah. So it was really fun. Um, but that whole time, too, that couple was so funny. Like, the woman was so sassy, so hyper, hilarious, inappropriate. You know, she was like an older woman who just didn't care anymore. Yeah. But she was still really sweet. And she made me laugh so hard. That had probably been the hardest I had laughed maybe that whole year. Just, I sat on the porch and talked to her. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I don't know. It was just a really special experience that otherwise would not have happened. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those um, are, like, the, the really special parts of travel, too, is just meeting people like that randomly. Yeah. I'm like, hey, can I swim in your pole? <laughs> so, after that, my friend picked me up. Well, new friend-ish. And we drove through Missouri. We drove through Kansas. And this is what he did. He called into work and said he was sick for a day. Because he had gotten a new job at a hotel. So we were driving, like, nonstop. Like, bathroom break, break, hop out of the car, get right back in. I don't even remember stopping to get food. Wow. Um, And so we were, like, driving, driving, driving. The one thing I do remember, we made, we spent one night together. And on that night, I was so tired and exhausted from all the driving that we pulled up behind a Chipotle. I went dumpster diving in the dumpster. I found kind of old guacamole and chips out of the dumpster. I ate it and then I put my sleeping bag in the grass by the dumpster under the streetlight and fell asleep. Nice. And <laughs> that's the one night that, yeah, that we were there. Um, and yeah, I woke up. I remember I woke up at like five in the morning before he was awake and I really needed a shower because it was really hot out. So I ran down, I went on a little run, probably like a mile and a half, and then at the end, I, (laughs) in front of a business, got in their sprinklers and took a shower. (laughs) 
Um, so that was very memorable. And then we got back in the car and we ended up making it to Colorado because we wanted to go to Colorado Springs, Denver, and then Rocky Mountain National Park, um, which we ended up doing all of our goals. And then he called in one more time to say he was sick, he was still sick at his new job. Um, so, you know, we did all that driving, we get into Colorado and there was a few things that I remember about Colorado. One, the beauty of Rocky Mountain National Park, which was done at the end of our time, our day together, whatever we had. Two, we went to Colorado Springs and tried on all these funky outfits for some reason. I have pictures of that. And three, we had edibles, which you can buy, you know, legally in Colorado. And, um, you know, I don't really smoke weed as like a, a constant user, you know? Yeah. Definitely. So if anything, even like caffeine or whatever hits my system, it really hits. Super susceptible to... Yeah. Like, I don't do, like, even medicinal drugs, really, and hardly any alcohol ever, and hardly any caffeine ever, so, yeah. I, we got them, and I was like, hmm. It was like the little vegan gummy things because those were the only ones that were vegan. And it was like at the beginning of our day there. And I was like, you know, I just want to try it. Like it's legal here, not that that's right or wrong. I'm like, I just want to try it. So I, you know how I love gummies. Like I had the first one and it, I waited, nothing happened. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to take one. And I was like, hmm, this is pretty good. <laughs> and I was like, well, nothing's happening anyway. Yeah, that's the dangerous thing about edibles yeah and I was yeah and I was younger I like didn't have experience really or anything and I took him I ate a lot of them and I felt fine for a while until I was driving his car oh wow and it was a construction zone like where traffic was coming like the way that it shouldn't be in the lanes because that's how it was rerouted and there was like some big streets and all these cones and it hit me and it's like I was like in a spaceship but I couldn't tell if I was going the wrong or right way it was really bad and it had must have hit him at the same time and we were like oh god we need to find like you know it had been the day we had tried yeah we had done all this stuff and we're like okay we need to find a place to sleep um and we I remember like I don't know I don't know how this happened but we were trying to find a hotel to stay in and we pulled up to this place to this hotel and I was like hey go you know go see if they have a room open and he got up and I thought he walked into the reception area but this was how like gone I was he walked into someone's room who had their door open and was trying to ask if he, we could get a room for the night oh, God. and I tried to walk in to help him and this person got really mad and was yelling at us like what are you doing get out of my room and we were just like so out of it and I was scared honestly I was scared because I was like I don't want to be like this I didn't know this was happening I didn't know it would feel like this and eventually we didn't know where to go we knew that we couldn't function properly to get a hotel like I couldn't use my phone you know to figure it out and we pulled over like on this windy road where there was a parking lot and I like passed out and I woke up and he was laying beside the car on the cement. Oh, like I was in my sleeping bag in the front seat 
and I like opened my door and he was laying there on the ground and uh, that's what happened in Colorado so kids be very careful with edibles they hit you very hard especially yeah. if you never use things like that it's funny now because we you and I went through Colorado and like it never even crossed I mean I, I could have cared less but it, you would think that one of us would have been like we're in Colorado like we need you know like because that's kind of the first state that you hit where it's, yeah. it's legal from the east yeah where we're, that you know where we're coming at least um you would think that maybe one of us would have been like let's just do it for the sake of it no not but, me yeah neither one of us were really like no and I can see your, your position now <laughs> like the, the relational memory of all of yeah. us yeah you know, a great memory, but a great hilarious story. No, like it's funny to talk about now, but I was really like terrified then. Yeah. Also, because I got really hungry and I kept trying to go into this gas station, but I couldn't figure out how it worked, like how to buy the chips. <laughs> so I would go in, I would try to figure out, I couldn't figure it out. I'd come back to the car, I'd laugh so hard, like so hard. I literally thought like I would never be in my, my same mental state again yeah, like funny. when I wasn't high like I laughed so hard it hurt and then I tried three times and the cashier was giving me such a dirty look and I remember it was so funny to me and I just couldn't stop laughing I have to say I do really enjoy hearing people's um, stories of, of consuming animals because it, it is so tricky you know like you never can really I'm sure, like, once you're used to, like, all the lingo and stuff, you can know... What you're buying. Like, what and you're buying and how much you should take of one thing, but, like, at the beginning, it's just, like, a delicious cookie, and you're not yeah. really thinking about something. Yeah! But that, I think that would be another really great podcast, is just um, to, like, hear people's edible stories. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> like, because it almost seems like I know, like, most people I know have, like their their story like when edibles went wrong you know yes um and it's and they're all just hilarious like are they all Thank, just thankfully i've never heard one where it's just like so wrong that you know it's like traumatic and and that something like really terrible happened like luckily it stays in, within that realm of just like it may have been awful at the point like at that time but now it's just really funny yes like your, your story that could have gone extremely yeah. like a car accident, yes. falling off a cliff. Could have gone terrible. Don't consume edibles. Don't and do drive. that. No, like, no. Not a good thing. Um, awful idea. Awful idea. Have a place to stay at night. That's you're already there. And then, I mean, especially if, it, if you're not used to if you're not used to taking edibles, or or someone, or just like someone that like just made like a random batch of brownies. Like, yeah. have no idea how potent those things no. are. Like, one brownie could, like, not do anything or could get you, like, like so high that, like, I feel like you're almost, like, you're, you might as well be tripping at that point. Yeah. Like, I felt like I've... Oh, I was, like, like straight up tripping mm -hmm. while I was driving. Yeah. Which was terrifying. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it out. I'm glad that you're here. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> There you go, kids. Yeah, there's your lesson. 
dare like right? shouldn't be telling people all this stuff the dare program in schools they should be like when you do drugs yeah and when you take edibles because you're probably going to like yeah be real here like you're even if it's not in high school like me yeah. never drank never did dr- like anything in high school yeah me neither which is it was like really not until i mean especially marijuana it wasn't until probably like later on in college you know, yeah like lately Colorado. That was Col- that makes sense though that that was Colorado. Yeah. Right and but I did really get I got to I don't think we went on any hikes, but we drove through and saw the things in the Rocky Mountain National Park too. That was my first time going to a national park. Um but that's not the part that I remember. Honestly, I remember like what one part of the park looks like and then I just remember and That was the Rockies. Yeah. That was your first national yeah. park. Wow. That's an epic that had to be like an epic start to national park. It was. But like I said, we didn't do any hiking or anything. Okay. It was just driving through because he was on such a time crunch. Yeah. So he then dropped me off at this campground. Well no, it was a park. It wasn't a campground. It was a park in Colorado. And it was on the Trans America, so I was back on the trail. Okay. So I had cut off a huge portion doing yeah. that driving road trip, um, and I kept feeling guilty about it again because I was like, I should do every single section of this biking, but I had had so much kind of fun, you know, like that was a big adventure. It was terrifying, but we had had like a really fun adventure that I was like, that was really special. That yeah, I'm okay with it. Um, so, I, I, what I do remember about that campsite in Colorado was that, or not campsite again, the park, um, was that before I went to bed that night, I went to a restaurant, asked to work, and they put me to work, like, in the kitchen, in the back of the kitchen, like, bagging things, and then they put me to work in their dumpster, like, smashing boxes, all these really weird things, and I, now I look back, I'm like, are you allowed to just let some random person do that? You know? I mean, I, I don't bad. know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so that was weird, but I, yeah, I saw a lot of food that I would normally eat that I will never eat again because I saw it frozen and I saw how people touched it, like onion rings. And I saw them frozen and I was like, well, I won't eat onion rings again. Um, so that's what I remember about that that part and when I actually went back to that park that night um, there were some other there was a group of bikers probably eight or nine people coming in and they were all retired people and they were doing a trip on the same trail as me but they had paid um, this guide from adventure cycling to come with them so their guide was probably in their 30s and then everyone on the trip was like over 65 and they were all biking across the country together, which was pretty awesome. That's cool. So that evening, I remember sitting and talking to them because it was a, you know, it was a small park and we all had our tents out and stuff. And I shared some food with them. They shared some food with me and they're like, why don't you leave with us in the morning? Like, you could bike with us for a little bit. All the retired folks. And I got up really early the next morning. My hands had never been so cold on my biking trip because I always slept in more than that, but they were ready to go. And I biked with the retired group. And let me tell you, they were kicking my butt. Like, 
I, there, you know, it was a pack, eight or nine people, and I was not at the beginning or the middle of it. I was not the last person, but I was way closer to the end. Um, and they'd like pull up to next to me and I'd be like, <gasps> after like going up a hill, they'd be like, are you all right? They were really sweet. And then they'd like whiz on past me. Um, so biking with them was really cool. And I specifically remember that day we did a 68 mile day. Oh, wow. And they crushed it. And we ended up at this, we went through this really small town and we didn't know where we were going to sleep at night because the maps didn't have a thing, but we went straight to hot springs that were free. So we got in the hot springs after a 68 mile day and then eventually our ho our guide, like the bike tour guide, found someone on warm showers, which is like a couch surfing except for bikers. And they had a small house, but they had all of us stay. So some people were out on tents, I slept on the floor. And we used their shower, and we used their kitchen, and we had so much fun because they were bikers too. Is that like the first time you had used uh, warm showers? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was cool. the first time I had used it. I, I Honestly, it might be the only time that I used it on that trip, um, because I was more familiar with couch surfing, I guess. So I always, my go-to was couch surfing. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was the first time that I, I used that, but they, last minute took like 10 of us all together with me wow. into their house which that's, was really sweet yeah that's really sweet I mean that's that seems like quite the the amount of work to to like host 10 people yeah it, <laughs> yeah know, they probably all want a shower <laughs> yes yeah. exactly it was really sweet of them yeah. so that's a really good free resource I don't know how it is with COVID but um, warm showers, get the app, look on the website. Yeah. Free as advertisement for warm showers. <laughs> so let me think. After that, I remember that I kept biking with that group for a little bit, which did was you, really fun. Did you feel like um, maybe more confident and safer, like with, with some type of group? that kind of like herd yes. mentality almost oh my gosh yeah because it was like I, I felt oh embarrassed too at the same time because you know how I told you I was getting off my bike to walk down hills yeah um they were just flying down the hills yeah and a few times I thought I was by myself and I'd get off my bike to walk down a hill and they'd come up beside me and they're like what are you doing you have like a something wrong with your tire or something it's like a really small hill. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. no, I'm just, I like, I got in a crash and I'm really afraid. And so I remember them helping me go down some hills actually. Oh, They'll be sweet. like, well, we'll like hang back here with you. We'll hang back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it made me feel a lot safer. I remember, oh my God, one part of it that I was biking with them. I'm so glad I was with them because I don't know if I could do it. The road that we were supposed to take on the maps that we had, we couldn't for some reason like construction work and we went on an interstate which you're not supposed to do and I remember being on a tiny strip of road on the side with huge semis flying past and it's like my bike almost fell out from me under me every time because of the wind just like the force of the semis and I was so scared that I was shaking and I put in my um, meditation by What's his name? The vegan 
Will Tuttle? Will Tuttle. Okay. I listen to my Will Tuttle meditations as I bike down that high, the interstate highway. Oh, nice. Because I was literally, like, shaking. Because I was so afraid I was going to get hit by a car. Because it was a very dangerous road that we went down. But all of us were doing it, so I was really glad that they were there. Um, but Will, T- Will Tuttle got me through that. <laughs> His meditations. I think I had it, mem- like, the album memorized by yeah. the time I got off that road. Are we about to do another advertisement for Will Tuttle? Yeah, Will Tuttle. Free <laughs> Will advertising. Tuttle, uh, World Peace Diet book. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Read it. Vegan hippie. Who <laughs> lived on the farm. Yeah. Right? Or at least they went, spent some time, a good bit of time there, I think. I don't know if they lived there, but yeah. Yeah. Really, One pretty, of the two. Pretty cool yeah. person. Pretty cool. I think we've both seen him speak. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Will Tuttle. So, after that, I was biking. I remember that I... This is where things get tricky. Because I can remember parts of states, and I should have written this down, but I can't remember everything. So, I must have gone into Utah. And then... From I Colorado? Okay. Yeah, that would yeah. make sense, right? Uh-huh. So, then, I'm pretty sure this was on in Utah. I did another thing where I was like, hey. So, were, you, s- were you in, like, southern Colorado heading into Utah? Do you know where you were? In, like, the- I don't remember. Okay. We'd, I'd have to sit down and map it all out, like, remember very we, detailed. You and I were in Mesa Verde. Mm-hmm. I guess was, that was like that had to have been maybe south uh, southwest Colorado I imagine close mm-hmm. to Durango because then from there we were well we were only like two or three hours from Arches right yeah. Right. yeah yeah I think so which is like southeast so yeah I don't remember exactly where I was but I went into, you know, after biking, I biked up into this town. I remember exactly what the road looked like for some reason, even though I can't remember where I was. And I went into a restaurant, did the thing, asked if I could work. And I was actually talking to the owner at the time, and I didn't know it. And she's like, that's weird. Like, no. And then I remember I was like, okay. And I went and sat outside, and I was like, okay, what's my next move? Um... And she came back out and she's like, you know what? Actually, I don't have anything for you to do here, but I want to start. She asked me if I had heard of wolfing, you know, which obviously I had already done. And she's like, I want to start wolfing on my farm property. Will you come back and clean out a room for me? She's like, also, my brother, who usually has someone to clean his house, um, the person who cleans his house is out of town and he's been looking for someone to clean his house. And help watch his kid. So, do you want to stay? Let me see if you could stay at my brother's house. So, was this in Colorado or Utah? Utah. Utah. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, sure. So, she's like, okay, well, I'll have... This is my brother's number. She called her brother. She worked it out. She came back. She's like, this is my brother's number. He's going to pick you up. Where were you sleeping tonight? And there was a park that you could stay in in that town. And I gave her the park address. And she's like, all right, he'll be here at this time tomorrow. And I remember that night I went dumpster diving and I stepped into the dumpster and it was really liquidy and stinky and a bunch of stuff squished under my feet and I was wearing sandals and all the liquid got in between my toes. 
and uh, I vividly remember stepping into that dumpster and it was really gross and that night I dumpster dove and ate a piece of bread and a tomato oh god and I also ate a bag of ginger snaps that I found in the dumpster that weren't open yet and then I went back to my tent site that was at a local park where a houseless person lived and we split the ginger snaps oh that's sweet yes and then this person you know we talked and we were sitting together eating ginger snaps and he was like I was like well I'm gonna set up my tent here do you mind because usually he slept around there and he's like no I don't care and so I set up my tent and I washed my clothes in a little stream that was going by and we were talking and whatever and eventually the sun went down and I, I get really freaked out at night by myself in tents and I was like you know I thought that he was gonna move away at night to sleep you know yeah I didn't know where exactly he slept but I was like all right good night he's he's like good night just to let you know I don't sleep at night he's like I don't sleep during the night time I just stay awake and I was like oh okay so I got in my tent and every time I would look out he'd just be sitting there with his eyes open now was that um did you ask for any explanation or did you try to like maybe have a conversation no I was just like okay I don't know I, I don't know why I didn't ask but I was like, I feel like he was just giving me that piece of information so I wasn't freaked out. Yeah, like, he's just letting you know, like, I'm not trying, like, this might look creepy, but I'm not trying to be. Yeah, but he, and I think he sat in that one spot that was really close to the tent because there was a charger there in the pavilion where he could charge his phone or whatever. Yeah. Um, But he had already been charging it, I don't know. But every time I looked out of my tent, he was just sitting there with his eyes open. Yeah. Um... But perhaps maybe he felt like a little responsible. Yeah. Like maybe, um, you know, some like someone around his space, like uh, yeah, that he, you know, usually cares for yeah. and lives at and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was just, it was just an interesting situation. And then when I woke up in the morning, he told me that a skunk had been there the night before, and the skunk was wandering around my tent and he shooed the skunk off and it really did smell like skunk outside the tent so that was an interesting night and then the next morning the person's brother from the restaurant came and picked me up I had no idea who he was he just pulled up in his car he said are you the person with the bike I said yeah and then I got in his car and he had like a three-year-old daughter yeah and I went and stayed at his house for multiple days he really did have someone who cleaned his house who wasn't there. So, and he, he, like, worked and was a single dad. Okay. And he wasn't creepy or anything either, yeah. which was nice. Yeah. Because I was a little was afraid. A perk. <laughs> like, the restaurant owner was like, he's not creepy. Like, for, like, she was like, female to female, he's not creepy, you'll be okay. And I just was like, okay. I don't know if I'd be so convinced these days, but at the time I was like, all right. Um... And so I went and stayed at his house for multiple days. I just slept on the couch, and his house really did need cleaned. So I cleaned his house, and then he must have helped at the restaurant, too, because he would bring home food and, like, these big salads. So he just, he's like, it always goes bad. Like, please eat this salad. So I ate a lot of salad there. And then he would leave me with his kid. I would watch his kid. Um, I would go on runs. 
and then I just clean his house. How long were you there? I think it was like at least a couple days. Okay. At least two days, if not three. Okay. So, um, I was making money, and then I made money there, and then I went to his sister's house, and she had a room that she wanted to be cleaned out. Yeah. And, and I they're just like passing it around. They're like, "This is person." <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't really know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "What do we need done that we could pay this person very little to do?" Yeah. That we really won't have to see ever again. Yeah. And I did it, and I cleaned out this room. Like, I just doing all this random stuff, but I made enough money because then I realized I still didn't want a bike. I wanted to take a, big, a break from biking again, and I made enough money to get a bus ticket, a Greyhound bus ticket again. Okay. And I, no, I don't know why, but the thing took me through Utah, because Greyhounds take you all over the place, uh-huh. and it took me to Utah, and the only, I was only there for a moment in Salt Lake City, and I had like another bus thing where I had time between my next bus stop. And I was walking around. I went to a farmer's market because I had read on Rob Greenfield's website that a farmer's market is a good place to ask to do work exchanges for food. Oh, nice. And that was the first time I was turned down. Really? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. The person was really upset when I asked. They, like, got mad and yelled at me. That's that's interesting because, like, the farmer's markets that I've been to, like, that I know that have operated, like, are always looking... Um, some of the growers are always looking for work. You know, yeah. Um, looking for someone that's willing to, to help and, and exchange for like a place to stay and food. Yeah. That's pretty common. Well, I was just asking the person if I could do work at their booth or if they oh, need me to do anything or okay. whatever. Yeah. Um, because I didn't have a bus like later. Okay. Um, so maybe that's why they were upset because they're like, what can you do? And the person was like, I'm tired of people asking me this. So, wow. other people must have asked. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, I was really upset. I probably <laughs> cried. And I was walking back to the bus station. I had, like, snacks. I probably still had Cliff Bars that my mom had packed for me at this point. Um, I at least ate one a day. And I saw this raw vegan restaurant. It was super fancy. And I still had a few hours. And... But I saw that you had to be like 21 to enter or something, and I wasn't 21 yet. But I asked anyways. I went in. I was like, explain what I was doing. I asked the hostess, and she's like, well, like she was really interested, and she's like, I'm not supposed to have you in here because you know you're not old enough yet. It clearly didn't look old enough. It was like a really fancy raw vegan organic place, and um, she's like, but I think we can figure something out. And she had me pull weeds they had like gardens around it that no one had kept up with the maintenance for and she put me to work pulling weeds and then I think she just paid for my meal and she sent me up in a corner and um I still have her on Instagram now actually we talk and keep up with each other and so I pulled weeds she put me in the corner like kind of tucked away from people a little bit and then whenever she could she like literally sat with me for like an hour and we just talked about our lives and it was so fun and it was so interesting and we like exchanged so much information and stories and ideas um I feel like we got really close like in that little bit of time and I actually have a picture on my Instagram from that had the restaurant 
and it had the food that I ate. So I'll have to go back and find that. And then she has a picture of her on her Instagram of me. Like, this person came in today that I can still see, actually. Um, so that was really cool. So I had something way better than probably what I was trying to get. Yeah. Um, cool. And then I got back up, got back on the bus. And then from somewhere, I biked into Wyoming. From somewhere, you biked into Wyoming? Yes. So let's think about this. So, like, um, that'd be north of, of Utah, right? Let's see. Like, right above Utah? Yes, it would be north. Okay. Yeah. So, essentially, the Greyhound bus... Took me somewhere. And then from there, you're, like, maybe in the northern Utah, and you biked into Wyoming? Yeah. Okay. It has to be that. And I biked into Wyoming, and then I couch surfed. And I couch surfed at this person's house that I met on the couch surfing app. And, um, he was actually, which I didn't, I think I knew completely, but he was like an avid hunter. Oh, yeah. And when I got into his basement, it was like all these animal skins and stuffed animals and stuff. And I remember him mentioning something because on my profile on Couchsurfing, I had that I was vegan. And at the time, I wasn't as, like, aggressive as I am now. Um, I was very blunt. But I wasn't as, like, non-understanding as I am now. But I remember being really freaked out in the basement, and we had lots of talks about it, and it really freaked me out because he brought, like, these fish in. I remember him putting fish in the sink that he had just caught. And it freaked me out, but I was supposed to stay there for a couple days. And we actually, I remember we had some really good conversations. Like, I was very honest about everything. And he took me to the local... What is that? The VA? Like okay. the bar? Yeah. Which oh, I definitely... Oh, VA bar. Alright. Yeah, which I don't think I was old enough to get into, but he got me into with like five of his friends. Um, and I learned how to... I don't know if that was swing dancing or square dance. Nice. They taught me how to square dance, oh, and I remember awesome. like I would just square dance with old people. Um... <laughs> And that was really fun. And I remember being really intimidated when I got into his car and met his friends because, I don't know, I was just like, if I'm going to get sexually assaulted at night, I'm getting into some random person, to this person's car with all these guys who are drinking, like. Yeah. But everyone was super respectful. And I had a really fun time dancing with the older people, um, the older, like, cow people, you know, that were there. And um, also at his house, I met three women who were biking together, going the opposite direction of me. And um, they were just so cool. I also did an interview with one of them, which is on the podcast with Nicole. And she was doing it at like 17 years old on her own. And she had met up with the other two women. So I met them at this house I was couch surfing at, at and so we all became friends and like we all had each other to lean on you know and we really liked like the female bond you know yeah of like biking different they had biked way more than me um but they had all become really close even though they all didn't start together and their stories were really interesting and then they left and the host that i had there was so nice and we actually realized that he was friend with a vegan internet friend that I had. They were both firefighters 
and they both somehow knew each other even though they lived in different areas so i had some weird common connection i couldn't even remember anyone's name now but i had some weird common connection he was actually really cool he was really respectful but like trigger warning about to talk about almost sexual assault which is not super bad but it was still freaky because i remember that the next day before i was about to leave um i was getting picked up by a rotary person like someone in the rotary club to take me to my next destination i must have not felt like biking again i guess and you were able to make that connection yeah 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 the exchange the yeah the people that i knew through rotary exchange about like their friends in another city um but before that it was like i was getting picked up really early in the morning to go catch another greyhound and oh they were just taking me to a greyhound and that was when the other guy who lived at the house like had his door open and he was like, hey, like I was in the kitchen getting some stuff. And I was like, like, well, like what's going on? Are you okay? And I remember I walked to the door and he was like in his bed all creepy. And he was like, come sit down. And I was like, ah, no, it's like three in the morning. Everyone's asleep. No one could hear me scream. Uh, I w- but I didn't say that. I was like, yeah. no, I'm getting ready to leave. And he looked at me like, I will hurt you and he was like I said come sit down and I forget what he did next he like got up and like oh no 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 he didn't get up I like walked in because I was really afraid I didn't know what to do I'm like do I just sit down like what you know there's a lot of things that happen where you're like do I comply with this person or do I take the risk of not complying and then this person chases me through the house or something? I don't know. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that in the moment you're like, oh gosh. Um, so I remember I went and sit, sat down and he like put his hand on my belly like to touch me. And I was like, nope. And I jumped up and I ran into the um, kitchen and I grabbed all my stuff that I was getting together and I had my bags by the door already and I went and sat outside like an hour early to leave like in the cold dark because I was really freaked out I remember I walked down the road a little bit like by myself and then this rotary person picked me up and took me to the next Greyhound station also I want to mention on a random note it's not easy to take your bike on a Greyhound because your bikes are supposed to be in boxes but I didn't want to take my bike apart ever because I didn't think I could put it back together so I would go find boxes and dumpsters and tape them together and they mean that like your bike is supposed to be taken apart compact in a box but I would just tape boxes around my bike <laughs> and they would get really upset at me yeah um that's so that's just a note that like if you know that you couldn't put your bike back together I don't know if you can still get away with it, but I did that every single time I was on a bus. Um, with the with your your uh, incident of you know almost sexual on the cusp assault. of sexual assault, like I'd probably still consider that you know That's premature. Yeah, pre- almost <laughs> um, nearly avoided. Yeah, um, I think that that touches on something that maybe we. We may have touched on, I think, maybe at the beginning of this whole series that we're doing. 
about like using your discretion like given like how the dominant culture kind of um, treats people of, you know different yeah exactly upon, like gender sex uh, race like all these things and I think you have a, a pretty good podcast on on that kind of stuff um, that revolves around couch surfing yeah and and it talks about that that would be a good one to like if, if people are are interested in and in doing this and might have like certain concerns because of um you know what their what their body looks like and, and how you know you have to navigate through travel um yeah. differently based upon that um that like that might probably be a good start i imagine yes right that one, that one episode, um, I'll put both of them at the link um, under this podcast. That one is a good one, which specifically talks about how to stay safe while couch surfing. My friend Sam also tells his, his one of his first experiences, which was weird, which was weird also on the yeah. cusp of like sexual assault. Yeah. Ish. And abnormal almost because. Yeah, it was, it was very strange. Um, and it was. It was a male. Yeah. On male. A white man. Which you, you know, you wouldn't really expect um, you know you, out, of, out of all the, the people all the demographics typically I'd say that's probably one of the safer yeah. demogra- demographics to just kind of travel not without, the safest yeah to travel without very much concern as nearly nearly have to be like as like concerned and, and aware of, of their surroundings yeah um, so that's, an, that's a good point yeah thank you for remembering that yeah. There's also another really good one that I recorded with a queer brown person in Las Vegas once that is about sexual assault and um, staying in hostels, which, you know, similar things to couch surfing. So if you want to listen to both, because that honestly, I recorded that episode so long ago, I can't remember exactly what we touched on. But the person that I met shared their story about like getting sexually assaulted at this hostel and it wasn't anything super graphic it was like this person made me pasta and then forced me to kiss them and eventually I got out of there and blah 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 and then we just talk about what it's been what experiences we have had yeah totally. um so there's a couple different perspectives so I will definitely good point Tim I will put those links in the text under this podcast episode and I would say just like maybe a few things on on safety um, that I I would say are almost common sense, but but should should be exercised if you're going to um, travel and maybe for those people that, that just don't have common sense because some of us are you know really smart and lack common sense. Yeah, um, and I lack common sense a lot sometimes. So yeah. sometimes that's me. Yeah, and I would say one one thing is if you don't feel comfortable in a position like it's good to it's good to work outside of your comfort zones but like if there's like a reason like that you you really don't feel comfortable um like and you have the option to leave the space like obviously do it do it like and i I think whenever we were traveling probably our best example from this from this trip you know it's been over we've been on the road for over 60 days now yeah um and our best example was we were in eureka california which which and we got it was the cheapest 
motel we, we had found. And it was only the second motel um, that we had, we had been in um, on the entire trip. And I, I think we've only done three nights after the 60 days in, in the hotel. I think we just really wanted a shower and maybe, a, I don't know the whole reasoning, maybe wanted to just veg out or something for a night. Yeah. But we got the cheapest one and then it just turns out that it was the cheapest one because one it's in the in uh, the Eureka, California, which is like I want to say has the second highest crime rate in um, in California, and we were like, kind of, it was pretty obvious that we were just in the middle of it, and that hotel, um, it looked like it became very apparent that most of the people in the motel were um, like lived there. You know, which is often, uh, we later found out, like, often, like, for reasons, uh, like... Like, there was a lot of heavy drug use yes. and robbery yes. and assault in that area. Yes, and... Because if you live in a hotel, that's fine. And obviously this place is, you know, like that because of things that are not directly the people's fault, like no. government institutions and all of these bigger systems. So we're not saying that that's like the people's fault or it's bad if you live in one. Yeah. It was just when we researched it, it was like, oh, last week at this hotel, blah, blah, blah had happened. Exactly. Like it, like even just researching the hotel, the motel, it became very apparent that it, it was a, a place um, for just all the all of the, the like drug lifestyle and, and all these different things. Yeah, so. and on top of that, when we went in, you know, it is COVID. It was not very clean. It smelled very heavily like cigarette smoke. And I know that we both just wanted like a safe, clean place to relax at for um, uh, just one night. So, yeah. so it, it became apparent that like, and and just looking outside and and people that kind of. They kind of looked like they were, they were tweaking on, on meth or something. Yeah. I mean, and they were like hanging out around our van, which we had a lot of expensive stuff in there. And I was just like, you know what? Like, it's just not. I'm not gonna be comfortable like sleeping here. We're not gonna rest. We're not gonna get like a good night's rest. Like, let's try to get our money back and leave. And if we don't, then let's just leave. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that was a really good decision. It was just like, you know. The odds are we would have been fine. Like, I I think that. Yeah. Um, but it's just, when you're, when you're traveling, like, what's, what's the point? I think that was the only position. I mean, we take risks and stuff, and we'll sleep in, in weird spots and stealth camp and whatever. But, like, you know, if you have a gut feeling that something's not right or something, I, I think yeah. that, um, that's a, that's a big Yes. So I feel like we made a good decision. And we found a hotel that was like $5 more expensive, but was completely different one town over. And that was the second time I had been in Eureka. And the first time I had been in Eureka was actually on this bike trip, which we're coming up to the part where I also had a really bad feeling and an uncomfortable experience, and I just left. So it was just like a repeat of the first time I was in Eureka, honestly. So I was like, well, twice I've just got up and left in Eureka. Yeah. Maybe that's saying something that we just shouldn't be here, you know. But I feel like if you take risks enough, you know, and you're traveling enough, 
you're going to end up in like a precarious situation. Yeah. I would say that, right? Definitely. Um, and, unless you're just really calculated. Like, I feel like you and I are both like pretty um, spontaneous. Like, almost this entire trip, there was a good chunk of it where we really didn't know what we were doing in two or three days. Yeah. Or sometimes even like the next day. Oh, uh, most we were, times we didn't know what we were doing yeah, the next day. Like, we had a rough outline of what we wanted to see, um, but how it was going to play out, we weren't really that sure. So, I think if, if you're, like, kind of, like, living off the cusp like that, like, yeah. you're going to run into, um, like, really precarious spots where you're going to have to, like, kind of maybe... I mean, and people know this, too, from their everyday life. Like, yeah. non-men people women, female people, femme people, um, yeah, people just, who aren't men, you know, there's, like, all of these things in your possibly everyday life, or you've, I mean, I would bet all, everything I have that you, at least if you're listening to this podcast and you're over, like, 12 years old, you just know, you know, how to operate in the world and what risks are at all times, so, I mean, it's not much different from that. I think a lot of people think that traveling is, like, way scarier in that regard, but it doesn't, no, it, it, yeah, you're still gonna have, I mean, I've had those situations in everyday life. I've honestly had very little of those situations happen while traveling, so, you know, listen to the other podcast episodes, do your calculations, and then you can decide from there what you feel comfortable with, but I think what Tim said was a really good point, like, if you do not feel safe and you follow that intuition just get up and leave even if you lose money even if it's awkward or uncomfortable just do it because you're gonna be so glad that you did later or you're gonna be really upset that you didn't later yeah, yeah. Cool. okay all right we went off on, on a, another tangent, a tangent there, but <laughs> that's, that that's a, a good one that was that was kind of like a big topic you know yeah um, just talking about I feel like that's a big security and safety is like a huge concern for travel. So yeah, um, it's interesting, kind of like hearing your story play out. Um, we get to like almost like unravel the, the like all of these, these things. Topics yeah, I mean, this is where I first really learned about a lot of these topics. Yeah. So I like being able to talk yeah. about them. Like hearing the stories and like. Yeah. I mean, these are all things I like to talk about on my blog, and I, I'm sure you can see now from these stories why. Because <laughs> they're just things that you learn along the way that other people really need to know. So. Yeah, all right, so you got into the car with the rotary person. Got into the car with the rotary person. Don't be mad at me. But I took a <laughs> bus from somewhere in Wyoming to okay. somewhere... I'm pretty sure that it was into Bozeman, Montana. It okay. looked at the map, and where in Wyoming? Couldn't tell ya. Um, now you're in Montana. Yeah, now I'm in wow. Montana. Dropped off. I, I'm pretty sure it was in Bozeman at this random place. Now, are you just like, you're just kind of winging it at this point? Yeah, I'm winging okay. it. I've gone off the trail. I've biked randomly, taken buses randomly. Yeah. I'm like still aware of where the trail is. Again, it's not an actual trail, it's just normal roads. Was someone just watching a movie while they were driving? On their iPad? 
It's it's possible. Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't paying attention. To okay. Person. Okay. This person in a truck just passed us. That's what it looks like. But anyway, so I got you know took a Greyhound bus. I'm in Montana. I don't think Ma- Montana's on the Trans America. I could be wrong. Um, if you want to know like all these exact cities when you're listening to it, either one you can look back at my Instagram because I did post pictures and mark the location, or you can look at the Trans America Trail. Or one day if I write a book, I'll have to do research and figure out where these exact places were. Um, but my aunt at the time had was like vacationing in Montana, and. I really wanted to see them because then I was really close with them and I loved her kids and she was there with her other side of the family. Um, so they, she picked me up and it, you know I was with family so it was really comfortable and fun and I remember that I felt really weird because I got to take a bath. I, you know I love baths and I love water but I sat in the bath and I remember I put my head under like my hair. And when I came up, there was, like, twigs and dead bugs and, like, all this random, like, grass stuff, like, in the bathtub. Okay. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know what, I can't remember, since I can't remember exactly, like, I'm pretty sure I took a bus from one place to the other. And before that, when I was in that town in Wyoming, I was biking and going on hikes and stuff. I just don't know how often I was showering. Okay. And I can't really remember. I can't really remember, but I know I wasn't showering a lot. Yeah. And which, is, which is rare for you. you yeah. Showers. I love showers. You love water. But I was so busy adventuring yeah. that, you know, I especially... I kind of expected you to take more showers on this trip. See, Bob? Yeah. I have to say. Well... And then again, like, anytime we were close to, to water that's clean, or looks, at least looks clean, like jumping in even though it's freezing yeah well it's not because i want to be clean i just want to get in water you know definitely so i mean i just remember getting in the bath and everything came out of my hair and i was like that's interesting i like remember that exact moment yeah but um montana was really beautiful it seemed really things seemed really expensive where we were but that was a place where in the first episode I mentioned that I was literally doing what I was talking about doing and explaining it to someone. And it was someone related to my aunt. And she's like, well, how many times have you been sexually assaulted? You must have. Like, you can't do this. Like, women can't do that. Females can't do that. And I was like, hello? I am existing in front of you doing it. Um, I don't know what I said at the time. Someone related to my aunt. Who's not actually my aunt. Okay. Um, because it was my aunt's family, and I was staying at the house that my aunt and her family were vacationing at. Okay. After my aunt picked me up. Okay. After I got off the Greyhound bus. So, that was one of those places where, like, you can't do this. Women can't do this. Females can't do this. But you were doing it. Yeah, but I was literally doing it. Um. That seems to be... It's a trend. Yeah. Why they can't do something. Well, I went from her saying that to being dropped off in Missoula, Montana by my aunt at this place. That Actually, I do think I found this place on warm showers um, because bikers pass through. And for people who don't know, Missoula is this really cool small town that's really artsy. It seems like pretty queer friendly. 
um, biker friendly, really outdoorsy. And there was a house on warm showers that was, I'm pretty sure it was warm showers, that was so cool because it was like an older, bigger house and the host just let you come in. I never actually saw the host. They were away. <laughs> and you just come in through the back door, you sleep where you want. They have like this room cleared out, but they have a piano in it. And they have all this really cool information about the house and all the people staying there, like how many people have tap dance on side of the picnic table outside while people are playing banjos and stuff. Um, so it was just a really cool community house. And that is the town in Missoula where I met the guy who said that guys couldn't do what I was doing and got upset for that. So it was like I went from... That it was like a privilege for... For female body people, like anyone who wasn't a man. Yes. Which is probably the most ridiculous of yes. So I literally went from yeah, this woman telling me why why I couldn't do it to this man saying why men couldn't do it. That it was like impossible. Yeah. All within the same state. Yeah. Um, one stop after another, but who was interesting. But Missoula was really cool. Um, I kept seeing this kid, Jeremy, all over town because I would go on hikes and walk around and all this stuff. And I went up a hike and I was meditating on the top and I opened my eyes and I had seen him for like the third time. So we finally started talking and he took me to like some art shows. He took me um, downtown to walk around and I remember I went with him while he got a drink and we have a really cute picture together we went and rented these super cheap like inflatable rafts and went down a little river thing like spent a day doing that um, so it was really fun hanging out with him and then yeah I, I told the story in the first one where the person I met the guy in Missoula who had known the girls that I had met in Montana who were biking the trail and they're like you have to meet up with him when you can and so I had his number and I'm like oh you're in, you know we planned to meet up in Missoula and then he was the one who's like men can't do this you got me to buy you this ice cream after I was like no I don't need it no I don't need it no I don't yeah. need it but like insisting that you yeah, yeah interesting. um so that happened in Missoula and then Oh, Missoula was also the first time that I had, like, consciously met, like, a trans person and had conversations with. I, I'm, I know I had before then, but I just didn't, I wasn't aware of, like, what that was, you know? Yeah. Um, so I met these actually two people who were biking, and I hung out with them, and we'd go biking at night, and I remember they convinced me to set, spend some of the money that I still had to go see a movie. I just remember like biking at night and someone told me a story sometime in my life that they biked into a hole at night and both broke both of their wrists so I was really scared to bike at night <laughs> they had to convince me to bike at night and then I didn't want to I had you know little cash from doing all those jobs and they convinced me to spend it on a movie now to this, this was the this was in Missoula okay. the two people I met at that house okay. um, but I could not tell you what movie it was. I just remember thinking that I was going to break my wrist. Um, so it was just a weird, random time in Montana. Yeah. And I would highly recommend people going to M Missoula. And then somehow, I don't know if I biked. I don't know how I got there. 
honestly, I don't, I, I don't know how to remember this section. There was so much that happened. Yeah. But I went from Montana to Oregon, and okay. so you went through Idaho, I guess. Yes, right? I would have gone through Idaho. Which I hear is really pretty. Yes. So you went through Idaho somehow. That might have been on... I might have been biking. That might have been okay. on the Transamerica. And then... Um, so from Montana through Idaho to Oregon. Yes. Okay. In Oregon, I met up with my friend who I met when I was an exchange student, also in episode one, um, named Kira. She was living with her parents in Portland. And she asked them if I could come stay with them. I think I stayed there for like few weeks oh, wow. or a month wow so long. yeah her brother was gone before this like you were just saying maybe a few days at a place right? yeah right yeah okay so and it's the longest that you had stayed in one spot yes since uh essentially you left your parents house yes definitely this was the longest in one spot and in between all this is me biking and camping and staying at churches and stuff and I would maybe stay somewhere for a few days, but never that long. Could you give, maybe, this is probably like a good timestamp, maybe, could you, do you know roughly how long it was between North Carolina and Oregon? Um, I would say that it was probably four months. Four months? Yeah, because the whole trip, I think, was six months. Wow, so... Maybe three months. The whole trip was around six months. Okay. And there's only a few more states for me to go through, like two more after this, but I did spend a lot of time in those states. Okay. That's wild. So we we kind of brushed through. Yeah. Um, like I we, mean, yeah. Like we we didn't really, like we, you kind of just hit some highlights. Yeah. These sense. are the most memorable things okay. because. Which makes sense now because now you say, like when you say, I think I may have. Yeah. Through Idaho, I, I'm thinking to myself, like that would take a really long time um, to like. It seems to me it would take a while to bike from, obviously like Montana through Idaho to or to Portland, Oregon. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if you're if if we're talking about a four month time span between um, North Carolina and Oregon. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah, the whole trip being six yeah. months. I mean, it's, it's really hard to remember every... Yeah. I know how I got to... I know how I got to Portland. <laughs> when you were saying that, I remembered. Yeah. It was really random. So, Craigslist Rideshare. Okay. I might have missed a couple points in the story where I did Craigslist Rideshare because... Oh my gosh, I did. Because I had done it to get to Arizona. I completely missed Arizona. See, there's so much in this trip, even when I'm yeah, going, like... Arizona, that doesn't even make sense. No, I don't know why I was in Arizona. Because you're in... You're I was in, in Flagstaff okay. at some point, for some before reason. Before all of this. Yeah, before all of this, I had which taken a Craigslist rideshare into Arizona. Which may have been, like... I think we're, we're oh going way gosh. back in time, because... Um, like, obviously, you know, Arizona is well below Colorado... <laughs> Yeah. There's like, what is it like, call like Colorado, and then below that's uh, what would that be, Nevada? Yeah. Right, and then below that is Arizona. So <sighs> it's a lot. I guess we'll 
maybe um, I don't know how we'll navigate back to that, but I guess we can just continue to work. Yeah, we should continue one. because okay. honestly, like I said, six it's months. It's fascinating to try and like. Yeah. Um, this is my my quest to like to understand everything. I remember on this on this trip that you had mentioned Flagstaff. Yeah. When we, when we passed through it um, just uh, about a week ago. Yes. Um, that's funny. Okay, so you you did a Craigslist rideshare, ride which that's also probably a really good thing for anyone that's listening to this. And yes. Wants to travel. That seems like um, like, a, like a pretty good free resource yeah. to get long ways across the country. You can offer a rideshare, um, yeah. which we probably should. I mean, not right now, I guess, because it's COVID. But when it's not COVID, if we ever go on a van trip, we should definitely put it up on ride Craigslist to see if people need to hitch a ride. Yeah. Um, and with Rideshare, you know, it's Craigslist Rideshare. It's a part of Craigslist. And, you know, you're doing all the transactions. If And I've never paid for a Rideshare, and I wouldn't have anyone pay me for a Rideshare. But sometimes people do. Like, if they're like, let's rent a, like, does someone want to rent a van to get from here to here, and you split things, or... Or yeah. someone just isn't going from here to here. Does anyone need a ride? Yeah. But or if someone just wants to contribute to gas or something. Yes, you know, or like gas. I wouldn't be uh, opposed. Opposed. <laughs> someone saying, yeah. "Hey, here's here's a few bucks for gas." Which people do that? Yeah. Um, it could help you get across the country if you need to. But I got from Missoula, Montana, to Portland, Oregon, which was a long way. Because I looked on Craigslist Rideshare and I was like, this is where I'm trying to go because I was trying to go see my friend Kira um, from back in the day. And this person said, I am trying to go home to Portland. I live in Missoula right now. I need to take my car back, but my foot is broken. I'm taking a plane back and I need someone to drive my car. Could you drive my car from um, Montana to Oregon? And I was like, yes, give me your car. <laughs> like, they would give me that's the gas crazy. money, and I would just drive their car. Because oh, they couldn't drive, because their foot was broken. And um, then I met this person, like, a week beforehand. Okay. And it's not like we really hit it off or anything like that. Yeah. I think we just felt comfortable with each other. And something happened to the flight, and he's like, oh, now nah, I'm just going to ride with you. Like, can you just drive me home? Or maybe he hadn't booked the flight yet. Yeah. Or, and you know, whatever, didn't post that or whatever. But he was just like, can I just like ride along? Yeah. Which in I my would own car. Be like that. Um, like if the person just was like really cool and I can think yeah. myself like, you know what? I can actually kind of just like see myself riding with you and yeah. making money and you don't seem like you're going to be in too much of a yeah exactly yeah well yeah so that's what happened it was like i think it was like over 12 hours or something it was a it was a long drive and we did it in a day and uh we didn't even talk the whole time we listened to the guys we guys we f podcasts yeah um and i don't know if he actually liked it but i was like i'm putting this on wow so you were listening to that back in the day way back yeah that's funny because we listened to that on this trip yeah one of them so that is how i yeah and then 
from there, he I, he took me to his mom's house there, and I remember I hung out with his mom for a little bit. She, like, gave me some fruit, and then I biked to my friend's Kira's house in Portland. I don't remember how long it was, but I, yeah, I biked to her parents' house. I stayed there for probably, like, a month. Um, while I was there, I did a lot of biking, and they lived on this really steep hill, like a paved one in this neighborhood, that was killer to get up. So I was, like, biking every day, biking around the city, biking, like, you know, I do really long bike rides. Yeah. Um, by myself, Kira and I did some yoga together. I went and worked at her, da- her dad's law office, like, sorting paperwork. Okay. So I made money while I was there because I worked for him. Um, I would go dumpster diving. They also let me eat their food, which was really nice. Like, I had oatmeal every day. And then Kira had just gone vegan, so she was really excited, so we'd make meals together. Um, and then I met my friend Henry there, who I've done actually a podcast episode with Henry, too, when I was in Montreal. That's on this podcast. And that's when I told you that Henry really wanted to try disruptions, because he had gone vegan, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember this. And we went into a supermarket, and he snuck up behind the cashier thing, and we were supposed to do, like, a full-out disruption, but he pulled down the microphone and said, Meat is murder! Over the, like, Mike's thing in the grocery store, the announcement system, and then ran out of the store. <laughs> and we also went to do a disruption in a restaurant in this really bougie, like, uh, steakhouse thing that was really fancy. The meals looked like they were over $100. And I did my speak out, my animal rights speak out, and then Henry was like, we gotta go. <laughs> and didn't do his, and then we left. Um, it was so, f- we had a lot of fun though, so I hung out with Henry. Yeah, good for him, I mean. To, yeah, to he's like, brave. Yeah, to have, to have the courage to, um, for someone that seems kind of introverted, maybe, um, to have the, the courage to, to speak up for, for people that don't have, have a voice. And, yeah. And, um, and to, to take willing to take the, the amount of, um, you know, scrutiny and criticism that, that people often have to face whenever they're, they're standing up for, for, you know, yeah, something horrific yeah. <laughs> and atrocious like and, and for some reason, um, um, you're, you're the wrong for, for speaking out against them. Yeah. So yeah, good for, good for that person. Yeah. They're, Henry's amazing. Henry. I gotta send this to Henry. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that just, like, a highlight, even on my trip was meeting Henry and then getting to see him le- years later. I went and stayed with him for multiple days um, in Montreal, Canada. Um, so, yeah, that was Henry. That was really fun. And it was really fun just to, like, do that with him. And I remember we went on a bike ride together and. Um, yeah, just ate fun vegan food. I made aquafaba for the first time out of the water oh, yeah, that's the out of chickpeas. Nice. Yeah, where you can turn it into whipped cream. Yeah, and mayo too. Yes. Make aquafaba mayo. It was so good. Yeah, I think one of my favorite mayo, uh, like, you know, that ever I've ever had is, mm-hmm. is aquafaba. It's good. Uh, yeah, the consistency's on point if you, if you do it right. And it's cheap. Yeah, it's just like you can literally have a can of of chickpeas, or even like cook your chickpeas and just use that water. And yeah. You know, you've got you know whipped cream or, or mayo. Yep. Yeah. People listening, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the first time I'd done that, which was really good. So it was a really good time. Like, I had this room all to myself. I loved their dog that they had at their house. Um, I loved doing the animal rights activism, making some money while I was there, and then I bonded with her parents a lot. I remember they, she, I don't know, my, my friend Kira didn't come with us, but I went out to dinner with her parents, um, and would hang out with them, too. They were really, like, nice, lovely people. Um, I also met this person on Tinder. Nothing funky happened, but he took me on a hike, um, that, like, you had to reach by car that was really beautiful, like, on the coast. And that, I mean, Tinder is a weird place, but honestly, back in the day, I feel like it wasn't as creepy. And yeah. I just met a lot of friends on there. I like that, you know, multiple times through this podcast, I'd be like, I met this person on Tinder. Yeah. Do you feel like it shifted the, like, yeah. the uh, I, demographics or the intentions have shifted strongly? Yeah, I feel like there's so many dating apps now that there weren't then. Yeah. That it's kind of a mixed bag and I feel like Tinder's more just used for hookups these days. I don't know, I haven't been on in a long time. But last time I was on that's what I felt like. But when I was on this trip I didn't feel like that. And I didn't feel like when I met up with someone the pressure was that you had to hook up or something. Yeah. I also said on my profile like if I needed a ride from somewhere to somewhere I would put it on my Tinder profile. Yeah. <laughs> or if I needed a place to stay in a town, yeah. I'd be like, I'm in blah 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 or I'm in blah 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 in three days. Can I stay at your house? Yeah. Like on my bio and then someone would message me. Um yeah. Weird times. But then I met someone on couch surfing and that's when I finally left Portland. Um he was from Switzerland. And on couch surfing there's like the hangout, so if you're in an area and you want to meet other couch surfers you can. So just um just real quick with the transition because this was a, a long period of time you're talking about yeah. like three or four months what 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 was like the the spark or, or the um the motivation to say like okay it's time for me to move on um well i think that up until that point on the trip it, you could just tell when you needed to move on and you know like with when you hiked parts of the at there's times you give yourself rest. There's times you meet other people and you want to hang out with them. It was all pretty fluid up until that point, until I was at this thing for a month. And I think that I didn't know what I was doing next, especially because I had gone off track from biking and I clearly wasn't biking all the time. I had figured out all of these other modes of travel that I didn't know about. Yeah. Um, but I think just, you know, I was just hanging around and looking at meeting people on on couch surfing that were in the area just to make friends and I don't think I had a plan to leave yet but this popped up and he was like in the group space he was like I'm going to Crater Lake I rented a car does anyone else want to go and it seems like at this point from just listening to the story it seems like your your um your ways of travel have adapted to this this point where it almost seems like you figured out that maybe you enjoy traveling the parts of traveling that you enjoyed aren't necessarily like what the biking was offering yeah exactly like it seemed like you wanted to be to to meet people Mm -hmm. to spend time with people like all sorts of different people yeah it seemed like that was a a huge part for you Mm -hmm. and then also just like to have 
um, maybe like someone something someone to experience the, these things with. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even like people with with knowledge. It seems like along the way that that might already know a little bit about the area and can like really like bring out like the best in a, a little yeah bit, right D- totally that I realized that that was what I wanted because at first I just thought that I wanted to bike this thing and um then I craved like the connection and that local connection from people who lived in that area seeing things that I never would have saw learning about the place things that I never would have known and meeting all sorts of people yeah. races genders like all all over the place you know like all sorts of people so it seemed like you you're almost this this trip in particular like it seems like a big takeaway is, is you learned what you love about travel yeah and, exactly and kind of maybe the things that you could almost do without yeah or, you know like maybe like really isolated um like just like out to prove something kind of travel yeah isn't necessarily like your thing no because i had spent you know hundreds and hundreds of miles biking and camping and spending the whole day by myself sleeping in a church by myself yeah working at a restaurant and then continuing like that multiple times way more times than i've mentioned in this podcast because this is six months we're covering but i think i ended up doing biking something over 500 miles which is not even close to the whole thing but to the average person spending 500 miles and most of it by yourself on a bike you know i was like i know that i can do this but do i want to exactly like i got more out of the moments when i was with people that i met you know yeah because it was a good balance of being having alone time by myself to learn and reflect reflect and process and then being with new people so you're exactly right bob yeah it's just cool to see your um you're adapting and, and almost kind of, you know, navigating through uh, your travels and learning what you, you know, what you prefer. Yeah. Um, and it's all preference, obviously. There's there's probably a lot of people out there that that the thing that you were doing, they probably would love to love that aspect, and maybe don't. Yeah. Aspect. And they're like, are, people are know. Things, you know, um, teach their own. But okay. So. I- I'll say too, I wanted to, I was, I feel like when I got back from being an exchange student, I was in somewhat of a dark place, just um, living with depression that was getting more severe over time, and anxiety, and then I'm a very like physical person, so having my foot broken put me in a weird place where you're watching the news more, you know, I was at home more. I can do... I was going to do a lot. Someone's psyche. So I, I, when I left, I wanted to know that, like, that people were still, like, good. That sounds very general, but I wanted to see, like, the parts of people that I knew that I loved. Restore faith in humanity. It sounds very cliche, but I did want to restore my faith in humanity. Yeah. Um, I think traveling is a great way to do that, too. Yeah. And, you know, just giving people the opportunity to, to show you that like people are good you know yeah um i i feel like sometimes the people that are the most cynical about about humans in general are typically the ones that just don't get out very much Mm -hmm. and they do just watch the news um and they just you know get sucked in yeah 
they're like they seem to be really unhappy and and they just don't like people yeah (laughs) are they are they yeah they're very cynical or um, pessimistic about um, people in general yes yes Uh, and that's what i felt like was happening to myself yeah. And I didn't want to stay in that spot. Yeah, that's not really a healthy state to be in. And I was Very really young, piece. too. Yeah. That was happening to me at a really young age, too. So I was like, I don't want to be this person, you know, especially not right now. Not yet. Yeah, totally. Definitely. And I think, yeah, I mean, that we could go on That's and like on a whole nother. Yeah, about, about, you know, the importance of, of uh, you know, maybe living a little bit more optimistically and and, um, and speaking with, you know different people yeah like actually experiencing people outside of the TV yeah um, exactly yeah so that was that Bob and what where was I before that <laughs> oh I met the person on on um couch surfing mm-hmm and he posts a thing like i rented a car i'm going to oregon to crater lake in oregon does anyone want to go we didn't like he was very careful like he didn't just say come with me if you want to he said if you want to come with me it was almost like an application like we'll go on a hike first and see if we get along and i'll figure out who i want to come with me basically okay um, That's interesting. Yeah, so I think like a week before we went, we did like a mini hike together. And then he must have thought that I'd be a good travel partner. So you passed the test. I passed the test. Um, I don't remember giving him gas money, honestly. Uh, I don't think that I did. I think that he just took me along with him. And we went to Crater Lake National nice. Park. And... Um, I jumped into the water. It was really cold, but it was so clear, so beautiful. What time of year was this? Um, I know it was warm enough in, I don't know. I kept thinking that it was winter on this trip when I would try to think about it because there was snow on the ground. Yeah. So in Portland, it was warm and we did a hike and we went to a waterfall and everything was good. It felt like summer there, but in Crater Crater Lake, Lake, yeah, because we, we tried to go on this trip. I mean, it snowed out. It snowed out like you could not go. You we couldn't make it in. Yeah. And I think they're even dealing with like just straight up. I mean, just an absurd amount of snow. I yeah. Forget how many feet like had they had you know landed on accumulated over just like the few days. Yeah. That we were like approaching, um, but it, I remember looking at it. It was like wow. There's no way. Yeah, I think the weather's really funky because that, yeah, that happened this time when we went to go, and that time I was there, I guess it must have been summertime, but there was snow on the ground. Okay. And, yeah, I remember doing a Tarzan jump into the water, like, taking off my clothes, beating my chest. Yeah. There was a bunch of kids around. I didn't take off all my clothes. Yeah. Um, and being like, <laughs> and jumping into the water, um, and I remember when we were there on a trail we lost the keys to the rental car so we had a panic moment where we had to go find the keys at night after jumping in the water can we can we um can you like maybe go into detail about crater lake a little bit because i i have like all these 
romantic ideas about what it looks like. So here it's like really, like the water's extremely blue, right? It is. It's like the bluest blue that I've ever seen. So and you can how like how far do you think you can see now? How far could I see? Yeah, them? was it like clear? It was clear, but there was so much water. It's like when you look down in the water and you don't see anything, even though it's clear, because it's just all water. And you see, like, the um, light beams under the water. So, it was really deep. Now, was is Crater Lake, this, like, is, is that the mouth of a volcano? That, and the water is just in the mouth of the volcano? Yeah, yes. Right? That is wild. Yeah. That's... Like, that's a massive volcano. Yeah, it was huge. It was a huge area. I mean, yeah, like, we're jumping off this little rock, and then you don't see the bottom. You're, like, on the side of it, you know? Yeah. And it's really, like, ice-cold water, probably some of the coldest water I've ever touched, and I get in a lot of cold water, and it was blue. Not, like, turquoise or, like, this, like, baby blue, but, like, this dark steady blue and when you I look at pictures I've taken a couple pictures of it now I'm like did I put a filter on that or is that just how blue it was and that's just how blue it was um so yeah worth the visit it was definitely worth, worth the to, visit if anyone's in Oregon and go to Crater Lake and it's not um yeah winter time I think even when we were trying to go I think that at that point like, even on the best of days, I think they were saying that you needed to have snow chains, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the weather is so weird there. I mean, like I said, the one day I jumped into the water. And then I remember we didn't know where to sleep that night. And we ended up staying by this other lake outside the park. And it was pretty cold, but... I was like, oh, I wasn't ready for the snow because that day we hadn't hiked high enough to see the snow. It just kind of looked like summer and we jumped in the water. At night, it was chilly. I remember we stayed at this um, campground. We didn't pay to stay and there weren't any spots left and there were also motels around it. We pulled to the back of it right beside a bulldozer and we put my bike in the bulldozer and fell asleep in the car. And when we got, we woke up really early the next morning to see the sunrise above Crater Lake. And they were clearing snow off the road. And it was, there was ice. And we drove up to a higher point and we hiked in the snow the next morning. So the weather was all over the place. Like, you know, different elevations of the park just overnight. What had, how much it had changed. I went from jumping in in bra and underwear to wearing like every single layer that I had and freezing my butt off because I was not prepared. Yeah, so just like, you know, lots of extremities. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, Crater Lake was amazing. And I think after Crater Lake that, um, I think that he dropped me off in... Astoria, maybe? Astoria. In Oregon? Okay, so that's... Right? Astoria is, like, way far north. Oh, maybe not, then. Because, um, Crater Lake... I want to say Crater Lake is... Bottom. Bottom of Oregon, and then Astoria is, like, like right next to Washington on the coast. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not it, then. Right? Um... I, 
Is that? Am I thinking of that correctly? No, Astoria is not next, right? Right next to Washington. Oh, which one? It's was, closer. Which one was the one that I'm thinking of that was? That was right next to Washington. I thought it. I Aberdeen, thought it was. Port. No. Uh, so, where is Astoria? Do you have a map? Or I have a map out that I'm looking at. Oh, Astoria! You're right. Astoria okay. is right. I wasn't looking at the map line. Yeah, because correctly. I think yeah, you're was, right. I thought. No, nope, yeah, Astoria. That's where the Lewis and Clark National Park is, and then, um, and then the, there's the bridge, and like you go over the bid, bridge from Astoria, and all of a sudden, yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, you're in southern, the southern coast of, of Washington. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking. I think I thought Astoria because um, when you, if you bike down the coast, I, I, the yeah. Trans America Trail ends at Astoria. Okay. And then you can bike, you can then get maps from the same company that go down the coast. So I had gotten those maps. And Crater Lake, yeah, Crater Lake, Ashland's close, Brookings on the coast. Yeah. Um, I think I got dropped off in Crescent City, which would make more sense. The oh, top of Crescent California. City. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah, we, we went through Crescent City. Yeah, we, we drove this, almost the whole coast on this trip, and I had done part of it. Um, but, Bob, there's only two states left to this story. Wow. Yeah. California uh-huh. and Hawaii. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So, I got dropped off. Was that a, was, would you call that a, um, what, what do you call that whenever, in like a movie? Uh, you, oh, I know. Like, tell, like you give a little bit of a clue. I, was that it could it could be foreshadowing foreshadowing I, I think mine saying. was too direct it would be yeah no, yeah that was just it would be telling a, what what do they say like whenever someone gives up like what happened um how do I not know this I, I don't say, know yeah um a spoiler? Yeah, a spoiler. I think I spoiled it, right? Yeah. I spoiled the story. I was trying to be like, I had two states left. Everyone's like, oh, where are you going to go? We're on the coast. This section now. No, now we have to leave it, I feel like. We're in too yeah. far. Um, goodness gracious. Well, there you go, everyone. Those were the last two states. Um, so I got dropped off in Crescent City, and then I started biking again. Because I had got the maps to go down the coast. And then I got into the phase again where I was like, I'm biking down every section of the coast of California. I gotta prove this to myself because I didn't bike across the country. Which, like, I will say that whenever we were in Northern California and we're right outside the Redwoods, it seems like that is the perfect place to do a small biking trip. By, by small, I mean like a large. Oregon and Northern California. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really beautiful. It's really beautiful, and it's like kind of a pain to get permission to, to camp out, like in the redwoods and blah blah blah. In I a say, vehicle or in a tent. Yeah, and I say it's a pain. Like maybe people who live there don't think that it's too much a pain. Like if you want to be spontaneous and stuff, like you have to like kind of think in advance in some of these places, and like, you know like request it. Um, especially during COVID. Yeah, especially during COVID. So, but the thing is with the biking, they, they do the bike and hike where, like, you can literally just bike into these. The rangers are saying, like, if you have a bike, like, you can just bike into the park and just... Pay five bucks. 
Yeah. Throw up your tent. Throw up your tent. Um, so, and I mean, when you're in the redwoods, like, you know, these just phenomenal, like, sacred forests, um, the idea of camping out in a redwood forest is, is just, I mean, yeah. It's yeah. something, it's something that I feel like, it's like so you have a bucket list. That <laughs> like, should be on it. Th- that should be on it. I mean, the, the, the beauty of like, uh, especially what was it? Prairie Creek yeah. was, uh, which was technically the Redwood State Park, but it's right next to the National Park. I mean, walking through there was just, it's just so unreal. I mean, it, it's like otherworldly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I got really excited. <laughs> I know because we had been there together. We've gone yeah, there together now, so I you guess. know what you know what these places are like. Yeah. So um, continue. Okay. <laughs> Dropped off in Crescent City, which you and I drove through very quickly, and I was like, "Wow, this looks really familiar." And now, when we were talking, the memory of me getting dropped off literally on the sidewalk there mm-hmm. with my bike, like I can clearly remember that now, actually, um, like by this bus station thing in Crescent City. And I started biking again, so I biked down the coast, um, and I went, I must have gone through the Redwoods, um, I know, I, I know that I did, but I didn't really soak it all in for some reason until a little bit later in the story, but I ended up going somewhere, and on my bike, bike touring, and staying at a church that was listed on the maps, I can't remember what town this was, and um i think for some reason that it might be auric which is in the redwoods and stuff but i for some reason i have a feeling that that was where it was and i stayed overnight at the church and for some i am not religious i wouldn't sit in on one now but for some reason i just got up in the morning i think i was feeling lonely and i sat in on the church service which you know is like i would not do now very not religious anti-religion of most sorts um but then afterwards I was talking to people and this person was like asking me what I was doing and I was like oh I'm going down the coast and they were like oh I'm taking some kids down to our church camp along the coast you just want to hitch a ride like I could throw your bike up on the top of my car if you didn't feel like biking and at that point I was like heck yeah and so they put me in the back of this tiny car my bike was standing like straight up on the roof like one of those yeah and we're driving through the redwoods and i'm in the back behind all these kids we had to stop at like one two three different houses to pick up three different kids and i'm sitting in the back in between them telling them all about my travels as we drive down the coast and they're going to church camp and then they drop me off um, in Arcata, which I had no idea where I was. I didn't know how mad, know how magical Arcata was. Um, and Arcata is like, it's really popular because of the weed. It's part of the Emerald Triangle, which I still don't know exactly what that is, but yeah, because of the weed. And it's a lot of like in that area, I would say that's where I've seen some of the most like more conscious people in California and you and I did the community garden hike there um it's just a cool place yeah I think um I would say it's it's one of the better places in 
California. It's my favorite as, place in California. As far as, um, you know, just, just not incredibly bourgeois, at least. Um, and, the, yeah, their community, Redwood Forest, is amazing. Um, yeah. It, I think it's the only, um, like, community-ran, like, forest, or, or, I may not be saying that right, but, um, in California, like, and, and it sounds pretty, like it was one of the first. Yeah, and it's pretty cool, I mean, like, you literally can just walk from the city of, of, uh, what, what was it, what is it called again? Arcada. Arcada, yeah, you can walk from the city of Arcada into this pretty large, like, beautiful redwood forest. Yeah. Um, It's that's like a special town. Totally. Good food. Like, good food. Uh, like a good co-op there. Yeah. Um, they have a bike co-op there. I remember when I was there, I like s- picked up some biking shoes and dropped off mine. And it's surprisingly cheap. Like rel- for California. Relative to the rest of California, like California is, is so incredibly expensive to exist in. But like that place, I would say, yeah, was was an exception, especially for like just you know what what you got to. Yeah. yeah. If I had to live somewhere in California, it would be there. If I was you forced know, to. Anyone that's like in, living in Arcade is like, please stop. Like, yeah. stop. <laughs> like don't listen to that. Don't come here. Like, yeah, don't move here. Where? Yes. Cheap, you know? Yeah, don't move here, yeah. people. Um. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I wonder if anyone will listen. If you listen to this from Arcata, please send me a message because that'd be funny yeah. to know. Um, so I get dropped off by this person who dropped off all the church camp kids. They're still all in the car. I'm telling them about my trip. And the person, like, we didn't, for some reason, discuss where I was going. He just pulled into the uh, supermarket in Arcata. And was like, well, this is far as I'm going to take you. And I'm like, well, here I am. Make the world a better place by leaving things better than I found it. You know, whether it be people or the planet or, you know, all kinds of things. Isn't there a quote that says, feel fear and do it anyways? Yeah. 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 So I think for us insignificance, we have to do it ourselves. A lot of people are doing things in their life that they're not completely happy with, mm-hmm. and they're doing it just because, you know, it's a norm, and they feel like they feel pressured by society, Definitely. or they're just, you know, stuck in this rut, mm-hmm. and, you know, ruts can be comfortable for people, and they can be very comfortable. Comfort is not how you, how you grow as a person. <laughs>